for Thursday, November 4th. It's the Early Word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, it's the morning after the morning after, and there are still some races up in the air. Plus, the economy may be hurting, but the art market is cruising right along. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. President Obama is taking a share of the blame for significant Democratic losses in the midterm elections. And with Republicans now controlling the House, the president says no one party can dictate the agenda going forward. He says he's eager and willing to listen to ideas from Republicans, but when it comes to boosting the economy, he says tax cuts alone won't do it. From 2001 to 2009, we cut taxes pretty significantly, and we just didn't see the kind of expansion that is going to be necessary in terms of driving uh, the unemployment rate down significantly. John Boehner, the presumptive next Speaker of the House, says his party will continue working to create a smaller, more accountable government, says Republicans should use their new control of House committees to scrutinize the Obama administration more closely. I think one of the things that Congress has not done a very good job of over the last 15 years is real oversight. And I'm not talking about gotcha oversight. I'm talking about rock-solid oversight of the executive branch, which is a constitutional responsibility of the Congress. Boehner says he's confident the transition will be smooth, and he's hopeful the Obama administration will work with Republicans. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke says worries are overblown that the Fed's plan to aid the economy could unleash inflation. Bernanke's comments in an opinion piece in the Washington Post today follow the Fed's announcement that it will buy $600 billion worth of government bonds in a bold bid to make loans cheaper, spur spending, and invigorate the economy. Critics, including some Fed officials, fear that all the money being injected into the economy could ignite inflation or speculative bubbles in the prices of bonds or commodities. In local election news, the confusion continues in Connecticut's governor's race. The Associated Press last night withdrew its call of Democrat Dan Malloy as the winner. Connecticut Secretary of State Susan Bysowitz said yesterday that Malloy had defeated Republican Tom Foley by just over 3,000 votes and that there would be no statewide recount if her preliminary totals held. But at last check, the AP's vote count showed Foley with a lead of over 8,000 votes over Malloy. Bysowitz is expected to release her official vote totals today. Meanwhile, Republicans are poised to either take control of New York State Senate or split the chamber evenly with Democrats. Three state Senate races, all featuring Democratic incumbents, were still too close to call as of early this morning. With 99 percent of precincts reporting, on Long Island Senator Craig Johnson was trailing Republican Jack Martins, but by less than 1,000 votes, while Antoine Thompson in Buffalo was clinging to a lead of just a couple hundred votes over Republican challenger Mark Grisanti. Susie Oppenheimer in Westchester was behind Republican Bob Cohen by just under 2,000 votes, but only 81 percent of precincts were in. The results may be decided after a recount, and absentee ballots are considered a process which could take weeks. For the latest on all these races, check out our politics website, itsafreecountry.org. Election turnout in New York was the lowest in more than 30 years. Initial results show just over 4.1 million votes were cast statewide. 
That's just a little more than a third of New York's registered voters and a little less than a quarter of eligible voters. Governor-elect Andrew Cuomo pulled in about 62 percent of the votes. That's the third highest percentage in state history. His father, Mario Cuomo, garnered 65 percent in 1986, and Elliot Spitzer won the most ever four years ago with 69 percent. About 1.1 million city voters came out to the polls. That's about the same number as last year's mayoral election, but less than half of the 2.4 million who turned out in the 2008 presidential election. In other news, fewer city high schools got A's and B's on their annual report cards this year than last year, 70% compared to 75% in 2009. More schools got D's and F's as well. One school fought especially hard to raise its score. John Adams High in Queens got a B after receiving a D two years ago. It's among 47 low-performing schools the city may close. Principal Grace Willenberg hopes the new grade will make a difference. You can't improve overnight, but we have made steady improvements in every single category. And, you know, it's getting better, and I know that next year I'm going to get an A. Schools Chancellor Joel Klein says he'll consider the new grades when deciding which schools will get more help and which ones he'll close. Speaking of education, New Jersey's acting education commissioner has pointedly declined an invitation to address teachers at the annual New Jersey Education Association convention beginning today in Atlantic City. Rochelle Hendricks says she won't attend the event because the union is only, quote, interested in protecting the status quo that continues to fail students. The NJEA says education commissioners have regularly attended the union convention since the 1970s. Hendricks was asked to speak on the state of education in New Jersey, then take questions from the audience. The teachers' union and Republican Governor Chris Christie have been engaged in a bitter war of words since he took office in January. Finally, Madison Square Garden will reopen tomorrow night for the New York Knicks game against Washington following an asbestos scare that forced the postponement of a game Tuesday night. In a statement, MSG says it's received assurances from the city and environmental experts that the arena is safe. Workers cleaning asbestos-related material in an attic above the ceiling Monday night had knocked some debris into the arena. Officials had canceled the Knicks Magic game Tuesday night while waiting to have the debris tested for asbestos. Taking a look at today's calendar, the Labor Department reports new weekly jobless claims and third quarter productivity, while major retailers announce their October sales. NASA plans to launch the shuttle Discovery on its final mission, though there is an early morning meeting to evaluate weather conditions. In New York, U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon and Nobel laureate Amartya Sen introduced the 20th anniversary edition of the Human Development Report. Long Island Railroad President Helena Williams will outline the train service disruptions planned for this weekend, the second and final round as the LARR finishes updating the signal system at Jamaica. And rescued Chilean miner Edison Pena, a triathlete, holds a news conference with New York Roadrunners President Mary Wittenberg, presumably to officially announce his entry into this Sunday's marathon. He's also scheduled to appear on The Late Show with David Letterman tonight. Just a few of the things happening this Thursday. Start the bidding here at nine million, nine million five hundred thousand, ten million dollars is bid at ten million, ten million five, say eleven, eleven million already. 
At Christie's, the bidding continued to be stratospheric last night with the highly anticipated Impressionist and Modern Art sale. It came a day after Sotheby's made $227 million with the sale of 46 pieces. Among them was a painting by Italian artist Modigliani, which sold for $68.9 million, including fees. Judd Tully, editor of Art and Auction magazine, says the high prices are not necessarily a reflection of a healthy domestic art market. The market has moved to these uh, so-called new regions, uh, whether it's Russia or countries formerly in the Soviet bloc or Asia, where, or the Gulf region, where a lot of this new wealth is coming from. To see what's on the auction block, head to our culture site at WNYC.org. We'll wrap it up with our gig alert, a look at tonight's music scene. Kopal blends Hana Team's haunting violin with cello and drum rhythms. The result is this folktronic soundscape. The band's debut, Into the Shadow Garden, is out today. Kopal performs tonight, complete with belly dancers, at Drom in the East Village. And you can download this track, Koitara, for free on our culture page. Click on culture at wnyc.org. And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. That's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson. Make it a great Thursday.